Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we're gonna talk about the law or lie of averages and how different numbers, CAGR, IRR, APY, can be used to deceive investors and fund managers. And we wanna walk you through these different numbers to make sure uh, you're informed and how they work. On this, by the way, this is a, a video from our backend program, our mastermind program. So myself, one of my coaches, Lincoln, is sitting down with me on this video particularly, and we walk through these different uh, metrics and how they look inside for your fund. Hope you guys enjoy. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. In this video, we're going to talk about the lie of averages. You're probably wondering, Bridger, Lincoln, how do I measure my fund's performance? There's a lot of different metrics out there. You've got your ROI, your return on investment. There's the average annualized return that you could look at. You've got CAGR, you've got your IRR, you've got your money on money or cash on cash, it's the same thing. We're gonna call it cash on cash return. Which one do I use and what do they mean? And I think the best way that we can explain this is just walking through how misleading some of these numbers can be. Hence why we cross out the law and put lie that's here. Right, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so we look at these historical returns, right? Let's say this is over a five year period and you've got 16, five, down 37, 26 and 15%. So pretty volatile, all right? Now, how do you measure this and what is the best way to do that? Well, if I was your financial advisor and I were to give you historical returns on this, how would I do that? Looking at the last one year, you had a 15% return, okay? This is through the average annualized return. If it was two years, that would have been a 20%. I'm just rounding to the nearest percent here. Three years, that would have been 1% return. A four year, 2%, and five year, historical five year would have been 5%. Now, Bridger, as a fund manager, looking at these, which one would you want to Tell to your investor. Well, these two together, right? Yeah, the yeah, one, two, yeah. maybe the one, two, maybe the five, and probably a 10, because your 10 is probably gonna be higher as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what your financial advisors do to you, right? There's so many periods, quarter to date, mm -hmm. year to date, historical 12 months, you know? Trailing 12, and then yeah, yeah. Three years ago, in this time period, we were doing the same thing. Last cycle, we were doing well in this time, and we th see the same thing for this cycle. Yeah. That's why it is the lie of averages, because it's very easy to lie and construe these numbers. So, okay, ARR is out, all right? You don't use the average annualized return when you're reporting numbers to investors. CAGR, this is the compound annual growth rate. Like, if I were to put in $100 today, I would come out, if plus 16, plus 5% from that, down 37, plus 26, plus 15, I'd end rounding to the nearest dollar at $111, okay? So looking at that, your compound annual growth rate measures the total growth dispersed across the time period. So your CAGR would come out to be like 2.2%. Um, because you're taking 11, pretty much divided by five. Yep. Putting it across there, yep. Yep, so you would be, you'd be looking at a 2.2% return. Mm -hmm. Now, CAGR isn't really used for funds. It's more of a forward-looking metric to understand what you could assume the growth rate to be if you're predicting out. Like in the D, if you've watched the DCF model, then CAGR is a good metric if you're trying to predict future returns. Now, the return on investment is just simply looking at current 
minus cost divided by cost, which would be 11%. So you had an 11% return, but that was over five years. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't really account for time value of money. Okay, because investors want to know how long their capital has actually been put to work. An 11% return in a month versus 11% return in five years is way different. Right. And an ROI does not reflect that difference. So look at this. You've got 11%, 5%, 2.2%, depending on how you measure the returns over this period. Oh, and by the way, this is 06, in case you didn't recognize, and this is 2010 for the S&P 500. These are the returns. This was 08 when we had the, the market crash. So these are actual returns. Okay, let's move forward. The IRR, the internal rate of return. Now the internal rate of return is a very complex formula and it's easiest to do in Excel because you have to take into account the net present value of each of these cash flows, right? Because if you were to type in 100 and then 111, your IRR would be 11%. But if you're doing an Excel formula, you're going to put zero in for all of these periods because unless you're getting a dividend payment, this is assuming you reinvest dividends. Mm -hmm. In real estate, you're getting like one, two, five, you know, whatever those dividends are. IRR is a really good metric for understanding time value of money. In this scenario, it's gonna come out to about the same as your CAGR. These two measurements won't always be the same. In this scenario, they are, but IRR is a good measurement of performance. However, your IRR does not tell you how much money you actually made. I, did I make 2.2%? No, I didn't. I made 11%. So that's where the cash on cash return comes in as well, which is money in, money out. It's your multiple. I 2X'd, I 3X'd, in this case I 1.1X'd, which, which equals also equals an 11%. So these two metrics together are what you wanna give to investors. Mm -hmm. It will give you a full picture of what you are measuring, what your performance was, how much money you made over the time period. In my fund, this is exactly what we do. So I, every month I send investor letters. You don't have to do that every month, but I do. I tell them, hey, for this month, you have this cash on cash return, or, or on paper, you have this cash on cash return. We have this IRR for the year. And we put, sometimes we put it back to the quarter, to the year to date, 12 months, depending on that current investor report. Just try and be transparent with your investors, okay? Don't try and finagle or massage the numbers to your liking or your advantage. Do not lie to your investors. That is a slippery slope and that can actually put you in prison or jail. If you had a bad month, that's okay. Let investors know, tell them, hey, we had a bad month or a bad quarter or a bad year. In some scenarios, a bad fund, right? Mm -hmm. Like some funds will have an amazing return on fund one and two, and then on fund three, it's just garbage. Mm -hmm. But their investors like, it's okay. Like we understand, we are still with you. Like I know of a venture fund that way. Like year one, two, they had amazing returns. Year three, they tanked. And then four, they like 100x, right? Mm. And so it's just important to say why, you know, disclose and say, hey, look, we had a bad year, we had a bad quarter for X, Y, and Z reasons. These are the reasons why it won't happen again. Thanks for being with us. Please stay with us. Mm -hmm. Like type mm -hmm. of deal. So one thing I'd like to add on to IRR here is this number in itself can actually be manipulated as well. Mm -hmm. So you have IRRs, you have a gross IRR, and then you'll have a net IRR. And mm -hmm. there's actually a few different IRRs in between, but I'll just use those to an example. And for example, a real estate fund, you'll say, hey, our gross IRR, our top line, 
was 25% IRR, did very well. However, we had to pay a bunch of fees and costs and other things, and it comes down to our net IRR. How much did we actually take home on the deal? Very different number. If you're an investor or a fund manager, those two numbers are important, and that's why I love these two together because it comes down to the cash on cash return. I love that number for my investors. I say, guys, you put in a dollar, you got back a dollar 25. Simple cash on cash, that's what you return. IRR, by the way, is typically before the split. So if you've seen our videos where we have the waterfall distribution, we have the 22% IRR. First 8% goes to the investors. Next 2% comes to us, 80-20 split. Okay, the IRR was 22, but investors in that scenario only take home 17.8%. So the IRR would have been 22% and cash on cash would have been 17.8% to our investors. In your fund, just know there may be some scenarios where the IRR or the cash on cash isn't the best metric. And Mm -hmm. if you are using something other than these two to measure your performance, just be very specific on your pitch and on your LPM and your LPA that this is why we're measuring performance this way compared to this way. It's the same way for a comps analysis, right? Why are you doing EBIT to enterprise value instead of EBITDA to enterprise value? You need to have rationale behind everything. And if you're kind of just being shady, investors are gonna pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Like most investors are very sophisticated individuals and they're gonna know when you're kind of, again, massaging the data. Hey, wanna hop on a one-on-one coaching call with me? Yeah, that's right. Every single week, we are selecting two people to hop on calls and discuss whatever you wanna talk about for 30 minutes. We can talk about funds, family, finance, food. I don't care what it is. We're gonna talk about it with you. So to get qualified, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna comment and rate the show, take a screenshot, and then send me a direct message on Instagram. It's at Bridger underscore Pennington. Hit me up on Instagram and I'm just like two people every week. Hope it's you and we're going to hop on a 30 minute coaching call. See you then. Bye.